He's my protector, my bulwark. Wow, what a God. What a God, man. What a God that would love us enough to send his only son for us. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. This don't have not one thing to do with the message today. Not one. Somebody said it like this. A preacher was completing a temperance sermon. With great expression, he said, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and throw it into the river. With even greater emphasis, he said, and if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it and throw it into the river. And then finally, he said, now if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it and throw it into the river. He sat down. The song leader then stood very cautiously and announced with a smile, for our closing song, let us sing hymn number 365, We Shall We Gather at the River. Amen. <laughs> let's all stand, all right? Let's all stand this morning, if you're able, if you're able. Ephesians chapter 1. All right, let me give you a little disclaimer this morning. If you've ever listened to a sermon, you're going to have to listen today. I'm going to really pay attention to my outline. I've got a lot of scriptures I want to give you today because I don't want you just to hear something a preacher says. I want you to see it from the Word of God. And so because of that, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today, and, and, uh, and that may keep me a little tied to the outline, and our mic's messed up anyway. So, Alan, I'm just going to use this mic. I'll just stay right here behind the pulpit today or do the best I can. Now, if you don't listen to what I'm going to preach today, if you miss a part, you might get confused. And so it's going to be very important, and I don't know that I'll preach the whole message today, but, uh, but I'm going to preach a good portion of it. And so uh, I want you to, to really hear me out. There's some folks watching by way of live stream this morning because they want to hear what I've got to say about this subject. And, and so uh, this, is a, what I would, this is a doctrinal message. This is something that all of us need to know where we stand on what we believe. And if you don't understand, you say, Preacher, I don't even know what individual soul liberty is. Well, I think you'll understand it when I get done. But if you don't understand, that's fine. That's not a problem. Uh, but folks are really mixed up on this subject. And so I want to see if I can shed some light on it today if I could. Ephesians chapter 1. And look, if you will, please, at verse number, verse number 3. And the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now look at verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, comma, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, 
And here's that word that we read in verse number five, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You may be seated this morning, and, uh, and I hope you'll give me a good hearing. I know you're going to. You always do. And uh, I, don't, I don't want to get anybody confused on anything. I want you to understand what the Word of God says and what we believe and where we stand and what you ought to believe and where you ought to stand. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump right into the Bible study this morning. Father, thank you for the good service that you've given us so far. There's a wonderful spirit in the house today, and Heavenly Father, for that we're very grateful. May we never take that for granted. And God, may we always give you praise for that so you never have to withdraw that to make us thankful. God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for this precious love letter, the Word of God that you've given to us. And I hope everybody's got a copy of the Bible. And if they don't, maybe they can look on with somebody today. But God, we pray now for the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God, we're getting ready to, to tread on what some would consider very, very controversial ground. But God, it doesn't have to be because the Bible clearly tells us what individual soul liberty is all about. And so I pray that you'll bless our discussion and I pray that the Savior would receive glory and praise from all that's done. Please help us now, I pray. Father, the best I know how, I plead the blood of Jesus over the service. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd not, you'd not allow us to be distracted. I pray we'd be able to concentrate on what you have for us this morning. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, what an amazing, amazing God we serve. He is amazing. Nobody can really understand just how amazing he is, including this person. He's amazing. Nobody can really preach him like he needs to be preached. Nobody can really sing about him like he needs to be sung about. Nobody can really illustrate him or describe him like he needs to be described. He is an amazing God. Now I want to say several things about that amazing God. Number one, our God is omnipresent. When I say omnipresent, that means that God is everywhere all at the same time. Now, you say, preacher, I don't understand it. Listen now. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. And doesn't mean that it's not so because it is so. The Bible's very clear to tell us. I'm not preaching on that today, but I could take and show you verses on that. But God is, is omnipresent. That means that while God is meeting with us here at Calvary, and I believe he is, God can be across town meeting with another church. And be there in full presence and blessing. And uh, boy, I'm so thankful. As Miss Mandy sang this morning, good night. I tell you what, I'm about to get full already and I ain't even got started yet. When you're going through the fire, that means that God can be with you. And 2,000 miles away, when another sister or brother is going through the fire, God can be with them at the same exact time, ministering to both. And comforting both. Why? Because God is omnipresent. But God is not only omnipresent. God is 
omnipotent. And that word omnipotent means that he's all-powerful. He's the high potentate. He's an all-powerful God. There's nothing that God cannot do. For with man, there are things that are impossible. But for with God, nothing's impossible. God can do, listen, there's nothing that God cannot do. And you can't put God in your little box. Did you know that? Now, God will never, God will never do anything contrary to his word, but uh, you're, just, you're not going to get God to, to, uh, to do everything. You, God's not a puppet on a string. God doesn't work by our schedule, by our time, by our clock, uh, by our, all our wants and wishes. Uh, God is omnipotent, but hear me out on this third point. Our God, our amazing God, is not only omnipresent, omnipotent, but God is omniscient. He's omniscient. Now that means this, that means that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. By the way, let me say this. Satan is not. So a lot of people think that Satan is right up there with God. Oh no, God created Satan. God created Lucifer. He's a created being. And so, uh, whereas God can be everywhere at all at the same time, Satan cannot. Now, Satan has devils and demons and all these different things. We'll get into that in another, another message. Uh, but, but Satan is, is nothing like God. God is omnipotent, but God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There's nothing that God does not know. Now, please hear me out this morning, church. God knows all. If this be true, does that mean that God even knows who's going to be saved and lost? And the answer is yes, because there's nothing that God doesn't know. God is absolutely omniscient. But hear this second statement, please. Hear every word. But just because God knows who is going to be saved does not mean that he chooses some to be saved and others to be lost. You say, Pastor, I, I can't wrap my mind all around that. Well, let me see if I can help you through the course of the message today. But one of the Baptist doctrines that we hold to at Calvary Baptist Church is something that you see on the screen, and it's called individual soul liberty. And that just means this, that God has given every person the ability to know and to respond to God's will. And even in a chapter that mentions predestination, and we'll talk about what that predestination really means here in just a little bit, but even in a chapter that talks about predestination, God begins to show clarity in this chapter where he mentions that word predestination. For instance, look if you will at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13, and we see that idea of choice of individual soul liberty. In verse number 13, he said, in whom ye also trusted, and notice there's a comma there, he said, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And so uh, God uh, gives every individual the ability to respond to the message and to the will of God. Did you know this morning that God Almighty is not interested in just creating a bunch of robots to serve him and worship him? 
Uh, God, when God created the human race, he wanted a creation that would make a personal decision to love him and to fellowship him with him and to obey him. And by the way, he wants to do he wants that to be reciprocal. Just uh, just as you fellowship with God, God wants to fellowship with you. And just as you love on him, the God, oh, I can't even understand this because I'm not very lovable sometimes, but the God of the universe, Brother Gary, wants to reach down and love me back when I love him. And as I talk to him, he wants to talk to me. And uh, man, what a God. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Second Corinthians chapter six, God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they will be, they shall be my people. In other words, God said, I wanna, I wanna make a creation that wants to love me and wants to fellowship with me and wants to spend time with me and wants to talk to me. Uh, listen, can't you understand that today, church? Let me, let me see if I can illustrate. You and your husband have a little tiff. Not a fight. You say, we don't have any fights. <laughs> I know, just a little tiff, amen? And, um, and you have a little tiff, and uh, there's some silence in the relationship. And, and your husband, you know, like husbands do, they'll say, is everything all right? Fine, fine, everything's fine, fine, you know. <laughs> now, you fellas ain't been married quite as long. Let me tell you what that means. That means everything's not fine, all right? That's what that means. <laughs> Everything's fine. And, uh, and so you keep on prying and you keep on, honey, what's wrong? I know there's something wrong. Now watch now. And then your wife, tears get in her eyes and her voice begins to quiver and she says, uh, you don't tell me you love me like you used to. Wait a minute now. And then you say, okay, honey, I love you. Brother Brandon said, problem solved. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. There's a storm cloud on the horizon, brother. And she says to you, I don't want you to tell me you love me only when I have to remind you. Now, that's a funny little story, but you know what she's saying? I want you to love me because you love me. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on this morning. I just feel, I thank God I want you to hear this message this morning. Did you know that the God of the universe is not interested in just making a bunch of mindless robots who say, hell God, hell God, holy God. No, God said, I want to make your creation that realizes that I loved him so much that I gave my only son to come and they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a and not a royal crown, but a crown of thorns on his head and, and he bled and he suffered and he died and he agonized and he paid my hell for me. And God said, I want a creation that understands that I love them so much that they choose to love me back. God said, I don't want you just, I don't want you just to tell me I love you, God, because the preacher says do it. God said, I want you to tell me you love me because you love me. Whew, wow, man. Now, wait a minute now. Because of this, 
God made every man and every woman what we call a free moral agent. Now, what in the world, what in the world does that mean, preacher? That just basically means he gave you a free will. And he gave you a free choice. Now, you read your Bible, start in Genesis, go all the way to the book of Revelation, and you'll find out that this is uh, 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 taught all the way through the book of, uh, of uh, all the way through the Bible. In fact, as you, you don't have to turn there, but as we just make it into the second chapter of the Bible, we already find God giving man a choice. And he says, Adam and Eve, he said, I've created this, this paradise for you. Every herb is for you. Every tree is for you. All the fruit, the oranges, the apples, the pears, uh, the plums, uh, all the bananas, the coconut, all these things are for you, for your good. There's only one tree, only one tree in this garden, only one thing that I don't want you to uh, partake of, but yet God gave them a choice. And of course we know the story. They made their own choice. God gives us the right to make our own choices, but with those choices come serious circumstances. Now I'm going to make a couple statements here. And I'll put some things up on the screen in just a minute. Each individual has been given liberty to decide their eternal destiny. Now there are some, even in Baptist circles, that are teaching them when it comes to salvation, man really doesn't have a choice that God chooses some to be saved and others to be lost, that we are elected by God or predestined for heaven or hell. In other words, if, if I understand what they're saying, that means that some of you have been chosen to go to heaven, but others are not as fortunate. And God Almighty has chosen some to go to hell. One Presbyterian leader said this, and this is just an article. He said this, predestination is the doctrine that God alone chooses or elects who is saved. He makes his choice independent of inequality or condition in sinful man. He does not look into a person and recognize something good, nor does he look into the future to, uh, into the future to see who would choose him. He elects people to salvation purely on the basis of his good pleasure. Those not elected are not saved. He does this because he is sovereign. That is, he has the absolute authority, right, and ability to do with his creation as he pleases. He has the right to elect some to salvation and let all the rest go their natural way to hell. That or this is predestination. Now that's what people are teaching, that some are elected to go to heaven and that God elects others to burn in hell for eternity. But here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to find out what the Bible says about it. And so uh, if you want to take your Bibles and turn there, you can. I'm going to put a few. Uh, I, in fact, I'm going to put these next few verses on the screen. And so you don't even have to turn. You can just direct your attention to the screens this morning. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, notice what the Lord said. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, watch now, and I've got that uh, uh, emboldened there, not willing that any, not willing that any should perish, but that all, did you see that three-letter word there, A-double-L, 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Look, if you will, at Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13. The Bible says, for whosoever. Boy, I'm glad I'm a whosoever this morning. Amen. And uh, boy, aren't you glad you're a whosoever. And I'm glad that whosoever's don't have a certain skin color. And I'm glad that whosoever's don't have to have a big bank account or a small bank account. And I'm glad that whosoever's can even drive a Ford. Amen. I mean, listen, it don't matter. I mean, it just don't matter. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know the verse. It's, you, you've got it memorized. John chapter 3 and verse number 16. For God so loved the what? The world. God so loved the world. It does not say, for God so loved a few. For God so loved the elect. For God so loved those that he just sort of chose out of the crowd. No, sir, no, sir. That's not what the Bible says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You say, well, preacher, Dr. Bottlestopper said this. I'd rather go with what God says than Dr. Bottlestopper. Let's look a little further. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 4. What's an interesting verse? The Bible says, Who will have, who? Who have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Let's go a little further. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the elect. Not what your Bible says. Amen. It says the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of who? The world, man. The Savior of the world. And so does God predestinate some to be saved and predestinate others to go to hell or to be lost? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Does God give you a free choice? Yes. Now, now, now let me say something right here. Now, when the individual makes the choice... God does predestinate some things to happen. So I want you to take your Bibles this morning, turn back to, to the book of Romans, if you will, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, I'm, 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 I'm trying to hurry. Romans chapter 8, and look, if you will, at verse number 28 this morning. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, watch now, he also did what? Predestinate. But watch, the, 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 the verse doesn't end there. He did predestinate for what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And this is my point this morning. This is the message this morning, Calvary, that God gives you a choice. God doesn't elect Brother Gary to be saved and Brother Mike to be lost. And, uh, and he looks at Brother David and says, well, let's see, I think I'll send him to hell and I'll send Brother Ernest to heaven and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send Marshall to heaven and I'll send Brother Steve to hell. No, no, that's contrary to the word of God. That's not what the Bible teaches. God gives each of us a choice to make. But here's the thing. When you make that choice, all of a sudden, guess what? Predestination kicks in. 
and you are predestined for some things after making that choice. Let me illustrate. After the service this morning, I could go ahead and get my truck. I could drive down to Charlotte, North Carolina. I could walk into the uh, uh, Charlotte Douglas Airport, walk up to the counter. Let's just say I'm flying Delta. I walk up to the Delta uh, 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 desk there and the little lady there on the other side and I say, yes, ma'am, I want a plane ticket. And she says, sir, where would you like to go? Now, it's my choice. I can choose where I want to go. I could say to her, ma'am, would you give me a plane ticket to sunny San Diego, California? By the way, that'd be a good place to go. That's a good place. Uh, and, uh, or I could say, ma'am, how about giving me a, a plane ticket to Orlando, Florida? I'm going to go down and visit Mickey for a few days, you know? <laughs> or I could say this. I could say, how about giving me a plane ticket to rainy Seattle? Or maybe I could say, give me a plane ticket to cold Detroit. Or, I like this one even better. I could say, ma'am, here's my credit card. Give me a ticket to Maui, Hawaii. <laughs> now, wait a minute now. It's my choice. You understand it's my choice? Here's the thing, though. When I purchase that ticket and make the choice, and I go through T TSA, and I walk onto that airplane and they shut the door and that plane takes off the runway, guess what? There are then some things that are predestined that are going to happen. You know why? I made a choice. You see, I made a choice. I made a choice for the hood and for the coldness if I go to Detroit. Or I made a choice for lush rainforest and the beautiful coral color ocean there in Maui, Hawaii. Wait a minute, I made the choice. I made the choice. But once I made that choice and I got on that airplane, all of a sudden predestination kicked in. Are you following me this morning? Now, wait a minute. Let me say something else. I made that choice. How I act on the plane may determine how pleasant the destination is going to be or unpleasant. So I get on that Delta Airlines. I'm going to Maui, Hawaii. Y'all with me? All of a sudden, I reach in my pocket. I'm not even supposed to have it. I pull out my trusty pocket knife. And, uh, and the stewardess comes back and she says, Sir, 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 you're not even supposed to have that. How'd you get that through? You're not even supposed to have that on here. I say, sit down and shut up. I don't care. <laughs> I take that pocket knife and I start, I start slashing the seats. And she says, sir, sir, you can't do that. You've got to, you're going to have, you can't do that. And I, I reach over and boy, I pop her one in the lip. <laughs> I get on that airplane and they say, uh, Mr. Pope, can I see your ticket? Uh, this is your uh, uh, 4A, that's your ticket. And I say, I don't want to sit in 4A. Well, this is a full flight, Mr. Pope. I'm sorry, 4A is yours. I don't, I don't want to sit in 4A. I want to sit back in 14B. Man, I go back there and I start kicking people out and, and man, I start, now this is what I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. Because of my behavior, am I still going to the same destination? Yes. When I arrive at my destination, is it going to be as pleasant as it would have been? No. You know why? Because of my behavior. Did you know there are some people who are truly saved? Their destination has not changed 
But because of the way they're living on the trip, because of the way they're, they're doing and, and not fulfilling the will of God, brother, they're going to go to heaven because they're born again. But when they get there, the destination is not going to be near as pleasant as it would have been if they'd have lived in the will, the perfect will of God. Uh, again, a choice. I have a choice, okay? Some of you folks are, are gardeners. Many of our folk like to garden. If I go out to a place behind my house and I, I uh, till up a, a, a little parcel of ground uh, on my, uh, my property and I, I take some seeds and I begin to plant those seeds in the ground. Now, wait a minute, it's my choice. It's my choice. But here's my point. When I sow a certain kind of seed, the harvest has been predestinated. And so I go out and I say, I'm going to plant me some watermelon seeds. Man, I get it all tilled up, get it fertilized. I get my water out there. I take those fertilizer, those, uh, those watermelon seeds and I plant those watermelon seeds. I cover them back up with some care and love. I water them like they're supposed to be watered. And uh, uh, weeks later, all of a sudden, uh, they, those plants start coming up and I go out there seeking sweet potatoes. And I'll say, I don't understand that. That's not right. I don't understand that. Wait a minute now. I made the choice. But when I made that choice to put that certain seed in the ground, there were some things that were predestined. Does God choose some to be lost, some to be saved? No. God gives every one of us a, 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 the, the liberty to choose. But once you choose Guess what? There are some things that are predestined that are going to happen. By the way, by the way, if you never choose to be saved, you're predestined for hell. And I didn't write it and don't like to preach it. And I found this out. The older you get, the less you like to preach on it. But you still have to preach on it. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior, and you reject, you continuously reject the message of the gospel for whatever reason, then there are some things that are predestined that are going to happen in your life. Now, this means several things. How about this? It means that another person cannot choose for you. It's your choice. That means your parents can desire you to be saved, but they cannot save you. They can pray for your salvation, but they cannot save you. Uh, listen, uh, another person cannot choose for you. That means this, that another person's decision doesn't affect your destiny. Oh, hear me out, church. Someone says, preacher, I'll have you know, my grandma is one of the godliest ladies that has ever walked on the earth. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. But just because your grandmother is born again does not mean you are. Well, preacher, my grandma's going to heaven. Wonderful. That's excellent. But just because your grandmother's going to heaven doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Brother, brother, it is a free choice. It's not enough for your preacher to choose it. It's not enough for a priest to baptize you or, or, or a preacher to put you under the water or, or whatever it may be. Brother, you have to make a choice on your own. Each individual must make the choice concerning eternal destiny. John chapter 1, verse number 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. Verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now we got to bring this thing to a close. 
And I, I probably don't have the time to, to, to take you to all these other places. I want to tell you how serious I believe God is about you being saved. And others may differ with me on this, but I, I believe I've got some scripture to back up what I'm getting ready to tell you. I believe that in eternity, you and I will be judged according to the book of life. The Bible says, and whosoever's name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And we're going to be judged in eternity according to the book of life. I believe personally, according to the scripture that I find, that at the, at the foundation of the world, that God wrote every single person's name down in that book of life. That's how serious God was about you being saved. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Revelation chapter 7, 17 verse number 8, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. One person said, the book of life should not be considered as the role of those who are saved, but rather a list of those for whom Christ died. And so, I mean, listen, God in his love for you at the very foundation of the world said, man, I want everyone to be saved. And so he wrote every single name down in the book of life. That means that every Muslim's name is, is recorded. Every Mormon's name is recorded. Every inmate's name is recorded. Every white man, every black man, every Chinese man, every rich man, every poor man is recorded there. But wait a minute now. But when a man rejects the gospel, according to the word of God, God blots his name out. Now, according to scripture, and this is where folks get really mixed up, those names have already been blotted out. You know why? Because God in his foreknowledge knows exactly who's going to be saved and who's going to be lost. Did he choose it? No. Did he know it? Yes. Because he's an omniscient God. Now listen, church, I'm done. I want, you hear, I want you to hear me out. You know what that means? That means that everybody's name is there unless you decide to reject. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, whatever you do, man, don't you allow God to blot your name out of that book. And the way you do that is by making a choice and you come to that point where you say Lord I'm just a sinner that cannot save myself I've got to have your grace I need your salvation your mama can't do it for you your deacon can't do it for you your pastor would love to but I can't do it for you you've got to make that choice on your own and thank God once you make that choice hallelujah there are some things that are predestined. I'm a child of the king. Y'all didn't know this, but I, my daddy's royalty. You say you're just an old country redneck boy. Maybe so, but my daddy's royalty. Amen. People say, sometimes they'll say, Preacher, can you afford that? I said, My daddy's got, my dad's unbelievably wealthy. They said, Really? Oh, I said, Man, he's a multi, multi millionaire. Are you serious? Yes. I mean, he's just unbelievable. He's a cattle rancher. Owns a cattle on a thousand hill and even owns the hill. Amen. Wait a minute now. When I make the choice, guess what? I become an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. 
Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, I pray that you'll work in this invitation. Lord, I'm glad that you're not that kind of God that just mindlessly chooses some to be saved and others to be lost. Lord, you elect some to, to live in paradise and heaven forever and ever, and then you choose others to suffer in a, a godless, Christless, merciless hell forever and ever. Oh, no. You give us a choice. And Father, there could be some folks in this room today that need to make a choice. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that, it, that if there are some here today that have never been born again, they've never been saved, Father, today I pray that you'll help them to, to make that decision. Right now, Lord, I pray in their heart, their understanding that they're sinners. They understand there's nothing they can do to save themselves. Lord, they're understanding right now that, that you loved them so much that you gave your son, Jesus Christ, for them. He came and bled and suffered and died that we might have life, be in heaven, be a child of God. Lord, help us to understand that Jesus died. They placed him in the grave, but three days later he came out of that grave and he's alive today and he wants to be their savior. And God, I pray today that they will make a conscious choice to give their heart and life to Christ. Have you win this invitation, please? And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Real quickly this morning, I wonder how many are here all over the house, just by way of testimony. You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know there was a time in my life when I made a choice. I chose to receive Christ. I know that I'm saved. If you can honestly say that, would you slip up your hand, preacher? I know that I'm born again. Hallelujah. You can lower your hands. I wonder how many are here this morning. You'd say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Really, honestly, and truly, I've not made that choice yet. But I need to make it. I need to make it. And I want you to remember me in your prayers today. I, I need to be saved. And right now, you'd slip up your hand and let me pray for you. Bless you, brother. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you so much. Is there another here this morning? Right now, you'd raise it real high for me. I don't want to miss you, all right? Bless your heart, honey. Thank you so much for your honesty. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to come back and try to drag anybody down an aisle. I've never done that. But I do want to pray. I've saw two hands. Is there another this morning? Right now, you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven, but I'm just not sure I'm going. I want you to pray for me. You slip your hand up right now. Is there one anywhere else? I want to pray. Raise it high for me so I don't miss you. Is there one more anywhere, anywhere? All right. If you raised your hand just a moment ago, in just a moment, we're going to stand. And uh, pastor's going to make his way to the main floor. If you raise your hand, I'm going to invite you to come today. And all we want to help you. We want to show you how you can have a home in heaven. I promise you it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. I promise it is. <laughs> I promise it is. He's the greatest friend you'll ever have. And then on top of that, he'll give you a home in heaven. He'll save your soul. 
Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us a choice. And Lord, right now, there are some folks that need to make a choice. God, I pray today that you'd give them the courage and the wherewithal to step out and come. Oh, Lord, please, give them what they need, I pray, to respond. And God, help them today to give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. We're going to keep our heads bowed just for a moment. If you raised your hand this morning, or if you didn't raise your hand and you need to come, the altar is open. You know, it could be you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am saved, but I've not been fellowshipping with the God of gods like I need to. I've not been walking with him, talking with him like I need to. It could be you're here this morning and just need to rededicate your life to the Lord. It could be many things. But especially those that raise your hands for salvation, I want to invite you to come, all right? Miss Tammy's going to play this. This next verse is going to be just for you. I'm making my way to the main floor. You come this morning. While we wait, you come.